fuck it. <laughs> I don't have uh, I don't have an intro made, so <laughs> let's just do some wannabe gangster shit real quick. Fuck it. Let's go. Welcome to Nabi, covering sports of all sorts. If there's any breaking news, you know we got the report. Our one and only goal is to make this your podcast resort. Get you your favorite team updates, both on and off of the court. Breaking down everything. NFL, NBA, MMA, not much a soccer fan, but might even cover Team USA. Is KD leaving Golden State? Is Jordan really the GOAT? Is LeBron comfortable in LA? We'll keep the team afloat. If GSP fights Khabib, we fight him toe to toe. While the Fury rematch, who's always gonna go? We'll cover everything and anything you wanna know. Whatever it may be, we'll break it all down on the show. Yo, 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 what is up, everybody? This is Nabi Podcast. I am your host, Sonny Nabi. This is episode 12. Um, there was about a uh, a week in between since the last episode, but that was not, you know, on purpose. That was 100% accidental, and we will get into why in a little bit. Uh, first, I want to start off the show with a few quick mentions. Firstly, if you are new to the show and don't already know, Nabi Podcast is on iTunes and Spotify. If you are a user on either platform, please look me up and please subscribe. Secondly, quick shout out to my new sponsor I recently partnered up with and um, very good and longtime friend, Smokey Hash. He makes CBD products from edibles to oils. If you're not familiar with CBD, there are many great benefits from it and is um, you know especially great for people like me who deals with depression along with you know heavy anxiety and shit like that. Uh, another major benefit is that it is also great for a recovery method after your hard workouts when training. Uh, give them a follow on Instagram at SmokeyHashLLC. Um, got those CBD products, hit them up. Thanks again, Smokey. Um, another thing, quick shout out to my partners at Champs Boxing Club. It is my local boxing gym located in Danbury, Connecticut. The address is 128 East Liberty Street. If you are looking for um, you know, a new boxing gym to get into, that has a great family environment, both after and even before you even sign up, this is the fucking gym to go to, you know what I mean? Between the affordable prices, the number of USA boxing certified trainers, uh, the classes provided, you know, uh, along with the top of the line equipment, this is definitely the gym that you want to go to, you know what I mean? Um, my big bro, AJ, who was the co-owner of the gym, one of the greatest dudes you could come in contact with. Uh, I came to him about my show and asked if we could work, uh, you know, a little partnership out between the show and the gym. And my man generously took me in with open arms and it's been that way ever since. Great gym, great people. Walk in, walk out a great fighter. <laughs> Let's fucking get it. Um, all right, one last thing. If you uh, didn't already know, I did my first live cast episode for uh, this event that we're about to break down this past Saturday. And everything went fucking great. There was a lot of funny live reactions and whatnot. But um, when I um, started the setup, I originally enabled the save live cast option so I can post it right after, you know, right after I got done with it. Uh, I started off using my fiance's iPad for um, for the live cast and I enabled it in shit. But um, once I click go live, the fucking app froze because Apple is fucking garbage and I'm I've always fucking said that. I should have fucking known this was this was going to happen. But um luckily I was at my buddy Bob's house and he let me use his uh Samsung tablet that he had there. Um logged in every, um 
the whole uh, settings for the uh, live cast, like the title for it, like UFC Fight Night 155, everything like that, all of those settings were saved, so I automatically assumed that the save option would have been enabled as well. Turns out it wasn't, and I guess I have to enable that shit on any new device that I fucking use that shit. Um, but, you know, that's why I'm doing this episode right now, but regardless, I had a fucking great time with that live cast. Want to give a quick shout out to everyone who joined me in um in that show. I had a I had a, I had a lot of fun. I thought it, you know what I mean. I thought I was gonna be fucking up the whole time and whatnot, but you know I had a a total of seventeen listeners. Not at one point, you know, coming in and out and whatnot. But regardless, all good. And um, at the end of it all, I got uh, two new subscribers as well. So there was definitely a benefit out of it. You know what I mean, a positive benefit. And you know, even if my fucking stupid ass didn't have it saved, but uh. There's a lot of good reactions, <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. So here I am doing a review episode for the event instead of, uh, you know, having the live cast posted. But you live and you learn, as they say, and it will not fucking happen again. All right, let's fucking go. This is episode 12. It is going to be the UFC Fight Night 155, the random mean versus lad review. We're going to get right into it, starting with the two prelim fights that I was looking most for. Um, Ah, sorry, looking most forward to that I will review and it's starting with the uh, featherweight belt between Ryan Hall and Darren Elkins. All right. This was a very stylistic, different matchup. You know, I mean, a different style matchup. Uh, Yeah, you know what I fucking meant. (laughs) Hall being a jujitsu specialist and Darren being a uh, come forward pressure brawling type of fighter. You know what I mean? Um, Like a zombie type of fighter. Just come forward no matter what. Going into this fight, I picked Hall to win this fight, but, you know, I thought he would win by, um, you know, just taking the fight to the ground or fucking, you know, securing one of those fucking sick Yamagashi rolls <laughs> into a leg lock that he's like a, a complete master in doing. And yes, I know they're actually called Eminari rolls, but uh, I call them Yamagashi rolls because, as yeah. Uh, in one event that I was watching, I said that I like blurted that shit out for the first time because I was fucking shit faced. Um, and it was the first time I ever seen that shit. So I just called it a fucking Yamagashi roll. And I thought it was utterly hilarious. So I decided that's what I was going to fucking call it from then on. <laughs> but no, I do know it's actually called a Minari roll. I know. But today it's going to be a Yamagashi roll. <laughs> <laughs> but uh regardless I thought how was gonna um, you know I thought how was gonna neutralize the pressure of Elkins and um get it done like that but holy fuck I was wrong man um I mean he definitely tried to get the Yamagashi roll all fight but wasn't successful with one um but I, I mean he, he got him down with it but you know I mean he, he wasn't able to uh secure a leg, uh, a leg lock with it but anyways, yo, I had no fucking idea that Hall was train that Hall was training with Faraz Zahabi down at TriStar, um, or actually up at TriStar since I'm in Connecticut, Can- uh, Canada, Canada's right above me. Um, but yeah, I had no fucking idea. But once I saw Hall walk out with Faraz, I was like, oh, all right, that's cool. But you know, I didn't think anything of it. You know what I mean? And and then once the fucking fight started, it showed. Big fucking time, the levels of um, striking that Hall has progressed in since joining Crystar, I guess. Dude, Hall, I mean, Hall has always been a, uh, you know, a karate stance kind of fighter, you know, like the sideways stance. Um, and, you know, with his hands down and shit, so he can, you know, so he can always throw spinning back kicks to the head and throw um, side kicks to the face as well. Uh, like hooking side kicks and shit. 
Hall has always thrown them, but I mean in his past fights, but he's never really landed them flush in uh, in those previous fights. But um, dude, this fucking fight, he dropped Elkins with a big spinning back kick that like fucking cracked the fuck out of Elkins on the side of the fucking melon cap in the first round, and it was like near. Unfortunately, it was near the end of the first round. But regardless, it was very fucking significant and out of fucking nowhere. Because I didn't see that shit coming. And I... Apparently Elkins didn't see that shit coming either. But he cracked him with it in the end of the fucking first round. Got on top of Elkins. And, um, you know, right after Elkins dropped. And if there was more time on the clock, he could have very well finished that fight. But Elkins survived the round. Elkins is very tough, you know what I mean? If you know Elkins, you already know how he is. He's tough as shit. He survived the round. Um, going to the corners, round two, it was pretty much more of the same, but, I mean, this round, it was literally more of the fucking same. Hal tried to secure the fucking, um, the Yamagashi roll again, you know, over and over, but Elkins was, uh, was, he was able to get out of the way and get right back up. Uh, he was, he was able to get out of the way or get right back up, um, you know, but every, anytime he went to the ground, it was either from fucking, you know, losing balance and falling or, you know, getting tripped down by Hal. But he was able to get up, you know, regardless. But, um, yeah, even still, Hall on the feet was still getting the better of Elkins. Like, nobody would have fucking predicted that shit, dude. That shit was fucking ridiculous. Maybe Faraz did, but, jeez, man. And, like, he was getting the better of Elkins, and significantly. And, you know, again, landing uh, big spinning back kicks to the fucking head. Rocking Elkins again, like, over and over. But um, he didn't. They, he didn't drop him this. Uh, he didn't drop him this round with those kicks. But going into the middle of the fucking um, middle to the end of the second round, how fucking drops Elkins with punches? And like again, no one in the fucking arena saw that shit coming. You know what I mean? But um, dude, or, or even at home, because I didn't like punches too. This is crazy. A fucking you know what I mean? A master jujitsu specialist dropping the stand-up opponent with fucking spinning back kicks and nail punches. Shit was fucking crazy. I didn't know what the fuck I was watching for a second, but man, Crystar, dude, holy shit, producing some fucking animals over there now, uh, or always have been, but I mean, shit, now they're, anyways, let's keep it going, um, <laughs> but again, I was not able to get the finish when dropping Elkins, as we all know, like I said earlier, he's a very fucking game and very tough opponent who is very hard to put away. Um, but the round ends, and, uh, yeah, going into the third round, Hall was obviously up both rounds, so, you know, pretty much he decided to coast, like, the whole third round, you know, um, obviously, both fighters had quick moments in that round, but most of it was how coasting and, uh, staying away from Elkins' blitz, but, um, you know, obviously, it's not the popular thing to do, you know, with the, with the casual and MMA fans out there, but, um, you know, especially the fans in the arena, you know, they were fucking pissed because, um, mainly because the event was in Sacramento, California, and Elkins, he's not from Sacramento, California, but he trains out of Team Alpha Mare when he does training camps and shit, so, you know, he was a fan favorite, so, of course, they were pissed about that, but, um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, and Team Alpha Mare is located in, um, Sacramento, if you don't know, but, um, yeah, obviously, not entertaining to watch, but in Hall's defense, if you know who the fuck Elkins is, then you know that, um, you know, his ability to turn fights around, uh, you know, that he is down in big time, 
uh, and perform a crazy comeback finish, you know what I mean, you know his ability to do that, you know what I mean, um, and Hall knew this shit too, you know, and he fought cautiously in that third round to not even, you know, let that even be an option for Elkins, but like I said, you know what I mean, he's, uh, Hall is smart, he's not a dumb fighter, you know, he's, he, it's alright if you boo him, he, he, he already looks like he's fucking bored every second of his fucking life, <laughs> literally, but, um, Hey, guess what though? How still outstruck Elkins in that third round with both significant and total strikes. So, you know, shout out to the casual fans. <laughs> uh, the round ends and the fight goes to a decision and the scorecards are fucking disgusting, dude. I had this fucking fight scored 30-27 all three, you know what I mean? But, not all three, but, you know, yeah, all three rounds I had Hall winning and I scored it 30-27. And there was only one judge that scored it 30-27, the other two fucking idiots scored it 29-28, what, like, all four, uh, all four Hall, yes, but where the fuck does 29-28 come from, just because he coasted that last round, he still won that fucking round, you know what I mean, um, he didn't lose a fucking round, it, it wasn't, that last round was not pretty or fun to watch, but what he still did in that third round, won him that third round, you know what I mean, but, um, you know, obviously with winning the other two also, these fucking judges are fucking, they're fucking pathetic these days, dude, that, and it, it, it'll keep fucking happening, and it'll just keep fucking ruining the fucking credibility in combat sports decisions, you know what I mean, the decisions that happen in combat sports, it's like motherfuckers have to hold their goddamn breath anytime a fucking fight goes to decision, you know what I mean, it's fucking stupid, um, anyways, congrats to Hall on the victory, fucking monster, dude, you progress so much, so fucking much, and, um, Elkins is a tough fucking opponent, you know what I mean, and I think Hall was the, the slight underdog, he wasn't a big underdog, he was a slight underdog, but regardless, um, I had Hall winning by unanimous, um, by, uh, you know, by Yamagashi roll or something, but <laughs> he didn't get that, but he got the victory with a unanimous decision, and a pretty solid one in my opinion, alright, moving on to the next prelim fight that I was looking forward to, that um, I will review was the woman's bantamweight belt between Juliana Pena versus Nico Montano. Um, this was Juliana's first fight in two and a half years with that last fight against the now woman's flyweight champ Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, she lost that fight to Valentina and decided to take time off to start a family and um, she had a fucking uh, beautiful gorgeous little girl who is now five months old. She is adorable. Adorable. Um, congrats to her on that really quick, uh, as for Nico, this was actually, con in my opinion, it was considered her, like, first official UFC fight, you know what I mean, that hadn't, you know, because it had no ties to the Ultimate Fighter season that she won, um, you know, in, in the finale, that was a UFC event, of course, but she was going against another contestant, you know what I mean, so, um, you know, she was, uh, she was set to fight Valentina last year, but backed out of the fight the day before and, um, vacated the belt, which Valentina now holds, but um, anyways, yeah, let's get into the uh, into the review. I picked Juliana to win this, but I thought she would win via TKO with ground and pound from full mount because she's really good at that. But um, Juliana won this by unanimous decision. It was, um, it was actually pretty competitive. It started off pretty competitive, at least. Uh, the first round, you could tell Juliana was shaking off the dust after not having, um, you know, fought in over two years, like I said. Nico was looking very good in that first round. She pressured Juliana up against the fence, 
and um, worked the takedown and was able to pass on the ground at least like three times, I believe, and pretty much controlled the fight on the ground that whole first round and um, just used that top pressure and the, uh, the, the top heavy style that, you know, that she has and uh, won that round with no issues whatsoever. And, you know, and from what I saw, um, outstriking Juliana in total strikes by 11 uh, and, you know, what I mean, Juliana had nothing for her in the first round. So obvious round for Nico. The, uh, the second round starts and Juliana is a lot more aggressive this time and she's lunging in throwing punches. Um, you know, not the prettiest strikes as she's not known for throwing the, uh, you know, the most technical best form strikes. But she was winging these fucking punches and she was tagging Nico, you know what I mean, until she got too close and got wrapped up and got taken down again. But um, this time Juliana was able to get up and uh, get the takedown of her own. Um, you know, before the middle of the, uh, before the middle of the round, she was able to get that takedown. And when Juliana got on top, that's when she started doing exactly what she's best at, which was rain down heavy ground and pound, mixing it up with short elbows and punches. And, uh, she even opened Nico up at one point, I believe, um, right next to the eye, I want to say, but, uh, for the whole second round, uh, the, ho the whole second half of that second round, Juliana dominated from the top position and outstruck Nico 42 to 17 in that fucking round. Um, Nico was not able to get Juliana off, you know what I mean? And that round was over. Clear round for Juliana, um, which now makes the fight tied one at one, you know what I mean? One round apiece. Third round begins, and uh, they are both being aggressive, knowing that this fight is tied going into this final round. It pretty much started out how the second round started, where they started, you know, they started winging on the feet until Juliana got too close and Nico was able to wrap her up for a quick takedown. Nico had top control for maybe a minute before Juliana got back up, and then she was able to get a takedown of her own again. Uh, from the moment of um, of that early part of the third round, that was pretty much the rest of the round going forward with Juliana remaining on top, landing a lot of ground to pound strikes with the short elbows, etc. Um, Nico almost was able to break away and get up, but Juliana just dragged her back down and regained her position, um, you know, for over the second half of that last round. Uh, the fight comes to an end and goes to decision where Juliana won by unanimous decision. Uh, honestly, personally, I'm not the biggest fan of either fighter, the, you know what I mean, for my own reasons. Um, but I would like to see Juliana stay busy now that she is back. The woman's bantamweight division isn't the most stacked. So, you know, I mean, it would 100% help with that. As for Nico, I honestly never thought she was the greatest of fighters. I always knew she was good, but I always considered like, you know, like an average good. You know what I mean? And that's just my personal opinion. It's no disrespect or nothing. That's just what it is. You know what I mean? Not every fighter is going to be the greatest of all time, you know? Um, personal opinion, again, that's what this, this, that's what this whole show is about. But, um yeah this fight she proved in that first round that she is better than average though you know what i mean not great but definitely better than average and proved me wrong with that you know what i mean with her toughness and her aggressiveness and uh you know how she keeps control um uh, i don't think her cardio was the greatest you know what i mean because at any time after the second round on anytime she got wrapped up that was that was pretty much it i mean she's strong as shit though anytime she got wrapped up against the cage she reversed it but wasn't able to take um you know, take control of that and take, uh, Juliana down and keep control before Juliana got up, you know, um, but it was a very competitive fight up until Juliana took control early in the second round and kept control for the rest of the fucking fight, but, um, yeah, it was a lot more competitive than I thought it was going to be, though, you know, 
Um, all right, moving on, going into the main card now. The main card started with a middleweight bout between Marvin Vittori taking on Cesar, <laughs> taking on Cesar Fajera. Honestly, I was not able to watch this fight to its fullest, um, you know, capacity as uh, I was trying to get my live cast set up as I was talking about earlier for the event. And um, I wasn't, you know, like I said, I wasn't able to figure it out right away. So it took me a little bit of time to get that shit going. Um, and that shit took like 90% of my attention. And, um, you know, the fight was on, on the TV right in front of me and whatnot. But I, I just wasn't able to really watch it and have, you know, the right information for me to do a review on the fight like I would really like to do. So honestly, I'm just going to move on from this fight. But Marvin Vittori did win this fight by unanimous decision with all three judges scoring it 30-27 which means complete and utter domination, you know what I mean, um, and looking into the stats for the, uh, fight, it's, that's pretty much what the stats show, as, uh, it shows that, uh, Vittori outstruck him by 65 total strikes, you know what I mean, pretty much out, he outstruck Fajera by over 20 every round, you know what I mean, and got, I think, two or three takedowns, I'm not sure, um, I didn't, I didn't write that down in my notes, I, but I did see two or three, um, I was able to look up at the TV like every here and there and every time I looked up it was Vittori either on top just beating the shit out of Caesar or um, you know just uh, or on the feet just beating him up you know what I mean he just had control every time I looked up at the TV but you know what I mean like I said I wasn't able to really watch it so uh, we're just gonna move on but Vittori did win by a very dominant unanimous decision all right Next fight, it was a middleweight bout between Carl Robinson taking on Wellington Terman. Um, I did actually see this fight, so we are going to review this one. Um, these two are not the biggest names, you know what I mean? But they are very good uh, young up-and-coming fighters. And, uh, you know what I mean? They showed it in this fight, dude. Carl won this fight with a split decision, and it was a very competitive fight. And it was definitely a split decision. Uh, round one, Carl Rob uh, Carl Roberson was the aggressor coming forward with strikes while Wellington was, um, you know, he was trying to strike back with his own attempts, but he was getting countered for the most part. But he did land a few, you know, a few very good shots in that first, uh, you know, 10 second sequence, but pretty much zero out of the, um, you know, I mean, it had, it, where did I, I lost, I lost where I was reading my bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, he got very good shots in that first sequence. And, uh, you know, there was pretty much zero feeling out process in the beginning of this one. That's what I was trying to say. I fucking, I need to uh, space out the words so everything looked all crazy. <laughs> um, every time Wellington came forward, Roberson would throw two to three shot combos to back Wellington up. Near the end of the first uh, minute of the first round, Wellington shot in and pressured Roberson up against the fence to get a takedown. At first, um... Carl was able to show pretty good takedown defense and, uh, you know, good down, uh, good takedown defense and balance, but was eventually taken down after, like, the, uh, you know, the third buckle attempt. Um, Wellington was, uh, he had top pressure, and um, Roberson scoots back up against the fence, but that's when Wellington attacked his back. But Roberson turned around and um, was able to, um, you know, reverse that. But again, he got off for a second, and Wellington... Once again, just jumps in and he attacks the guillotine, but he was not able to uh, lock it in and he passes around to Roberson's back all over again, only for a few seconds before Roberson bursts out and turns it around, reverses it again and gets on top of Wellington. 
Wellington throws up an arm bar from the bottom and Roberson picks Wellington up and tries to pretty much spike him on his fucking head. But um, did not get that and just ends up slamming him on his back instead. But was able to loosen up the arm bar and get on top of Wellington. Um, more of the same for the last two minutes of the round. Roberson on top and landing decent shots, but nothing crazy. Wellington, um, he keeps trying to throw throw up submissions at um, yeah, Roberson, but well, um, Roberson is avail uh, available. He's able to avoid them and keep um, you know landing the heavier shots from the top. Um, Wellington was able to throw a, a nice up kick. And it actually hit, hit uh, Roberson right under the chin, but shook it off and just kept raining down shots. And the round comes to an end. It was a close round up until Roberson took control on top and stayed in that position for over, you know, two and a half minutes of the round. And, uh, you know, while landing those big shots, also got the better of um, Wellington on the feet when it was on the feet. So it was a clear round for Roberson, in my opinion. Uh, second round starts, yeah, it starts on the feet where Robeson is again throwing and landing heavy strikes back in Wellington, uh, Wellington up. Wellington throws, you know, he throws back, but again, he's missing the attempts and Roberson is making him pay with counter shots off of those misses. But Wellington pushes Roberson up against the cage, but Roberson reverses it, has Wellington up against the cage and starts fighting for a single leg and um, he has no success with it. And then gets reversed again by Wellington. And uh, Wellington has um, has uh, Roberson's back. <laughs> There's so many reversals, you know what I mean? So I gotta keep saying their fucking names, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, Wellington gets Roberson's back in a standing position. And at this point, just trying to throw Roberson down. But Roberson again shows the uh, good takedown defense and balance. But once the two-minute mark hit, uh, Wellington gets the takedown and gets on top and eventually... Uh, you know, gets Roberson's back and tries to attack a rear naked choke, but Roberson's uh, submission defense is very good, and he's uh, completely able to fight the hands and turn it around, and was able to reverse the uh, reverse the position and get on top of Wellington for that last minute of the round. Uh, no one's able to land anything from uh, from down there in that position, and the round comes to an end. It was a very close second round. Um, you know, who I I honestly really didn't know who to give it to. You know, when I watched it, but. You know, if I were to give it to somebody, it would probably be Roberson, uh, you know, for being the more aggressive fighter and landing the cleaner shots and, uh, you know, with the reversals of the submission attempts that uh, Wellington tried to throw. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got to give that to Roberson. And, but yeah, going into the third round, again, Roberson is getting the best of Wellington on the feet, uh, with, you know, with the better strikes up until he gets way too close and Wellington is able to wrap him up, get him up against the fence and get another takedown. Eventually gets the full mount on Ro uh, Roberson, and it's a very bad position for Roberson, but Wellington isn't really doing much damage. He has him in fucking full mount, and, you know, I mean, he's not able to land really good shots. And uh, that's when Roberson tries to turn, um, you know, what I mean, turn to his back, and that's when um, Wellington is able to lock in a rear naked choke again. But Roberson again shows why his submission defense is so good and just able to, you know, turn. But um, you know, what I mean, when he turned, he got the mount, but he was still locked. But, uh, you know, what I mean, and he he got he he got the mount only to get reversed. That's what I meant. And uh, fully mounted again by Wellington and Wellington gets to the back of Roberson like like nothing. And, you know, gets the body lock, uh, body lock triangle and tries to attack the rear naked choke again, gets nothing. 
uh, the last 30 seconds of the fight, and Roberson reverses the position once again, and, you know, gets back up to his feet and throws down some heavy punches as Wellington just remains on his back, defending the shots. Uh, the round comes to an end, and, um, you know, like I said, it was a very close fight. Uh, to me, round one goes to Roberson, round two very close, but I think it goes to Roberson again. Uh, the round three, uh, you know, it goes to Wellington. You know, he had control almost four minutes of the fight until, you know, um, until Roberson got up and at the 10, you know, last 10, 20 seconds of the fight. But, um, yeah, I give the third round to Wellington. But um, it goes to the judges' scorecards, and it ends in a split decision for Roberson with the scorecards being two two of them being 29-28 scores for Roberson and one judge scoring it 28-29 for Wellington. Very good fight with two young up-and-comers, like I said, and I can't wait to see Roberson fight again. Wellington also, but more so Roberson. Um, he has hands, man, and uh, he has really good counter-striking. I love that. Um, if you aren't familiar with him, this is his fourth fight in the UFC, and he always shows up to fight. His last fight, he came in on very short notice in a uh, in a light heavyweight fight. You know, I mean, he's a middleweight, and he came in very short notice in a uh, in a light heavyweight fight against my hometown zone, Glover Teixeira. Um, and if you didn't see that fight, he had Glover hurt in the first round with elbows to Glover's head when Glover shot in for a takedown and had Roberson up against the fence. And, um, you know, Glover's head was, you know, to uh, Roberson's side. So, you know, Roberson was landing down elbows. Granted, some of them were definitely to the back of Glover's head. But, uh, you know, regardless, that's neither here or there. And he had uh, Glover in trouble at one point before Glover was able to, uh, you know, recover and get the finish for the fight. But what I'm saying is, Roberson is a game fighter and he's always there to show up. You know what I mean? He's always there to show up. He shows up to fucking fight. You know what I mean? He's always there to fight. That's what I meant. Uh, no matter who he's going against. But um, yeah, congrats to both of those fighters, Roberson and Wellington, on a great fight. It was very, very impressive. Um, Alright, moving on to uh, the last three fights of the night. Um, it won't really be long reviews as uh, you know they all ended in the first round. But, fuck it. Let's get right into it. it. Starting with a featherweight bout between Josh Emmett taking on Misrod Bektik. Uh, I keep saying Misrod. Mirsad Bektik. I've been, I said that the whole fucking live cast. But, um, yeah, this honestly was the fight I was looking most forward to in this whole event. Because both of these fucking dudes are animals, dude. Um, I picked Emmett to win by KO, but I thought it was going to happen later in the second or third round, and Mirsad was, um, you know, he was going to have control in the first round with his pressure and takedown game, but man, Mirsad came into this fucking fight with the worst fucking game plan anyone can have going against someone like Emmett. Um, I don't know what the fuck was up with that. Mirsad is a fucking beast, like I said, but... You know what I mean? Not a not a beast with a striking game, with a stand-up striking game. Not like that, you know what I mean? Not where he can go toe-to-toe with someone like Emmett. That's what he fucking did. Uh, Mirsad, he, he, Mirsad fucks his opponents up by taking them down and just completely beating them, uh, beating them the fuck up. You know what I mean? Uh, this fight ended in the last 45 seconds of the round. So for 4 minutes and 15 seconds of that first round, Mirsad didn't attempt one fucking takedown. Not fucking one. And he just tried to go and just just go strike for strike with Emmett. And again, it was the stupidest fucking thing a fighter like Mirsad could fucking do against a fighter like Emmett. Because that's not Mirsad's strong suit, you know what I mean? Not in this matchup. And uh, and you're favoring Emmett's strong suit by doing that, you know what I mean? 
all around, uh, not all around, all around, Emmett would, uh, he would just counter Mirsad's shots with his mean overhand right that he has, and that's his favorite fucking shot, you know what I mean? He, uh, he doesn't just throw overhands, just throw them, it's always on a counter, and Mirsad didn't take the fucking hint that Emmett is a great counter striker, and still, still kept trying to go strike for strike with him, um, and just kept getting countered and countered, it was fucking ridiculous, Mirsad, of course, you know, of course he landed some good shots, but Emmett is a big featherweight, you know what I mean, he's very big for this, uh, for this division, and the shots that Mirsad landed didn't seem to phase him like that, um, you know what I mean, and Emma just shook them off and just kept moving forward, a minute into the, into the first round, I said if Mirsad keeps this shit up, he's going to get dropped and get finished with one of those fucking overhand rights, but instead, Emmett was able to land a fucking real nice stiff jab that dropped Mirsad in the, in the fourth minute of the round. And Emmett jumped right on top of him and just completely mauled Mirsad um, with heavy ground and pound. Every time Mirsad tried to get himself in a better position, Emmett just cut him off and kept blasting him with heavy ground and pound until the ref stopped it. Again, very fucking bad game plan, man. I know he's trained at TriStar, and I, I think he trains at Out of American Top Team now, down in Florida, and they always prepare their fighters properly, you know what I mean, with the right game plans, you know, uh, that the fighter needs to execute, they just need to execute it, but it it didn't even seem, I don't fucking know, I don't even, I don't want to keep bashing that game, like, you know what I mean, I'm sure they had something set up, but I don't know what the fuck, I, I mean, you know, Mirsad didn't shoot for one fucking takedown. So I don't know what the fuck happened there. Maybe the game plan was to gas Emmett out and then, you know, attack the takedowns the second and third round. But if that's the plan, don't go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Use the in-and-out movement to make a miss. You know what I mean? As I've said in my past episodes, fighters gas out quicker when they miss than they do when they land. So, regardless, savage finish for Emmett. Congrats to him. Mirsad, recover and come back better, brother. Um, all right. Moving on to the co-main event of the evening, which was a bantamweight bout between the California kid, Uriah Faber, taking on Ricky Simone. As you already know, or as you may know, Uriah, is he made his return this fight after retiring in 2016 and um, after being inducted into the Hall of Fame and all that. But um, yeah, Uriah said in recent interviews this year that he could really use the money to pay for his um, Team Alpha Male gym expenses. You know, as you know, he's the um, owner and leader of the gym. So, you know, he, he said he could use the money for the gym. And uh, so he decided to come back and take a fight. And it was against Ricky Simone, who was a very tough and gritty fighter. And I picked Uriah to win. No, actually. <laughs> All right. So I actually just bet on Uriah to win because he was a plus 230 underdog, I think it was. And, you know, I mean, there was definitely a big chance Uriah could win. And, um... So I took the chance. I thought, you know, he would, if he won, it would be by a rear naked choke, you know what I mean? Because that's his shit. Um, but in reality, I thought this was a very bad matchup for Uriah, especially being the much older fighter at 40 years old. And uh, Simone, I, I believe, is like 26, I want to say. But, um, you know what I mean? But Faber being uh, that much older also makes him the slower fighter. And in the beginning of the fight, it showed as Ricky came out very aggressive, as he always does. And uh, he pressured forward with the very quick, you know, twitchy movements and leg kicks and had Uriah moving backwards and even rocked Uriah with a lead left hook that hurt Uriah and had him stumbling backwards up against the fence. But um, yeah, Uriah was able to shake it off and circle away. 
but he was when he was circling away, his back was still up against the fence, and Simone was still pressuring, um, pressuring him. But he, you know, fucking 40 seconds into the round, he got too fucking careless when throwing a straight right and didn't have his left hand up to block a counter attempt if it came. And that's what came. Uriah was able to duck and throw a fucking monster overhand right. <laughs> the same overhand right I thought Emmett was going to beat uh, Mirsad with. But um, yeah, Uriah was able to duck, throw a mean overhand right, and hits uh, Simone right on the equilibrium and completely rock Simone and um, drop him. And Uriah like jumped right on top of him. Uh, once Uriah pounced, Simone tried to kind of like kick him off. But Uriah's 85-year-old ass did like a fucking cartwheel kind of fucking thing and was able to, uh, you know, get the top position and land about six or seven strikes before the uh, referee stopped it. Uh, you know, some say it was a bad stoppage, um, you know, because, um, uh, duh, 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 because, you know, Simone seemed to recover when the ref, like right when the ref stopped it and was trying to go for a single leg. But, you know, I mean, he didn't defend himself for those last six or seven strikes. And, you know, I... I have to say it was it was a pretty good stoppage in my opinion. Um, but you know Simone is a fucking animal, and I have no doubt that he will be back and on another winning streak all over again. You know what I mean? He's that kind of fighter. Um, he just got careless for one fucking second. And that's all it fucking took. But yeah, congrats to Uriah's old ass on the big underdog win and uh, winning me some money. But um, yeah, also this this um, this fight was only 45 seconds and. Um, it was Uriah's quickest win in his 44 fight career, which is fucking nuts. But again, congrats to Uriah. Uh, he and Kajudo are going back and forth on Twitter right now. But uh, that shit better not fucking happen. Uriah better fight Sterling or, or Volkanovski for a title eliminator fight, which I still don't think Uriah deserves either of those fights. You know what I mean? But as I always sometimes say... I call the UFC the ultimate fucking circus because they do dumb shit like that and make stupid fucking moves like that. So who the fuck knows what the fuck's gonna happen next. But yeah, if it fucking does happen, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. I don't know. I don't give a fuck how old he is, how much longer he has to fight. If he wants a fucking title shot, he needs to fucking earn it. He needs to deserve it. You know what I mean? You don't deserve it right now. Like, what the fuck? But again... Ultimate fucking circus. They make their own rules. Anyways, alright, moving on to the main event of the evening. Uh, <laughs> it was a woman's bantamweight bout between Aspen Ladd taking on Jermaine Durandamine. <laughs> There's not too much to talk about this fight as Durandamine won it in 16 seconds by a knockout. I, uh, I picked Aspen to win this fight, but the morning before the fight, um, when they did the morning official weigh-ins... Uh, if you haven't seen it, it was a very scary and fucked up scene where Aspen um, made weight, but she was like fucking shaking and shit on the scale. And uh, I honestly, honestly don't know how this fucking fight was still able to go forward after after a scene like that. But ultimate fucking circus, am I right? Anyways, I did pick Lad to win uh, before and after I saw the weigh-in. You know, what I mean, I, I was hoping that uh, you know she would. You know, her body would, you know, pick itself back up. But, you know what I mean? <sighs> I did say, though, if she gets cracked with a very big flush shot, she's gonna fucking drop. Because, her, you know what I mean? That weight, cut, that weight cut looks so fucking brutal that I don't think her body would, you know what I mean, be able to, you know, would be fully ready only a day later. 
you know, but, uh, I was hoping, I was hoping the opposite, you know, and that's why I obviously picked her, but, uh, yeah, like I said, it only lasted 16 seconds, and Duran to me landed a really good right punch that dropped Lad, and landed a second strike to Lad while she was down, but it wasn't even to Lad's face, and Lad wasn't, like, on her back or anything, she was just on her butt, you know what I mean, um, it was more of a hit, that second punch was more of a hit to Aspen's chest, you know what I mean, but fucking Herb fucking Dean, my fucking favorite fucking ref of all fucking time, fucking Herb fucking Dean, <sighs> oh, you know what's coming, Herb motherfucking Dean jumps in, stops the motherfucking fight prematurely once again, <sighs> like, if that second shot landed flush to Aspen's head, and she, like, dropped to her fucking back, sure, stop it, but Lad was on her ass, looking up, and got hit in her fucking chest after, with that second shot, she was rocked, yeah, and she wasn't, like, fully there, but she wasn't fucking out, alright, but, god fucking damn it, I hate Herb Dean, man, I was, I hate even fucking bringing this up, I was winning a fucking eight-fighter parlay in that event, and the last fucking fight, was the main event, and I needed Aspen to win, <sighs> man, when the fighters were making their way out of the fucking octagon, my buddy Bob, I was at, I was at his house watching the event, shout out Bob for having me, uh, that night, um, I noticed Herb, uh, no, I, my, my fault, Bob noticed Herb was the fucking ref, at that fucking moment, I knew I was done, legit, I was fucking done, I literally told my boy, I was like, bro, the moment one of these bitches gets strapped, Herb is gonna jump in like a fucking super, a fucking retired superhero for the fucking save, and it's gonna be Aspen Lad that gets fucking dropped, I fucking know it, motherfucking 16 seconds into the goddamn fight, it fucking happens, Jesus motherfucking Christ, I hate Herb, <sighs> damn it, he was literally there just to officiate two motherfucking fights. All fucking event. The whole fucking event. Two fucking fights. What the fuck was he even there for? Why? 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 Damn it. Uh, and of course, two fucking fights. And of course he fucks one of them up. And that one being the fucking, you know, the main fucking event. Again. Again. I fucking hate him. Jesus fucking Christ, man. I can't fucking stand him, man. You know what I mean? It it was like... It was never always like this. <laughs> I used to think he was a pretty good ref. Until recently. Until like the last... Three years. He's been fucking up a lot of fucking fights. And... It, it, it's like, what the fuck? They still put him as the fucking main ref, and I can't stand it. Didn't, they just need to let his fucking ass go and let Herzog be the fucking main ref. You know what I mean? Because Herb is horrible. He used to be good. He is fucking horrible now. I'm getting fucking sick of him ruining these goddamn fights and fucking up, uh, you know what I mean, fighters' records over this shit. You know what I mean? It's fucked up. We're talking fighters that's, like, right there for a title shot and shit. Boom. You know what I mean? They got to start all over. He's fucking horrible, man. I don't, I don't see this shit changing anytime soon either. Let his fucking ass go. Let him go ref bare knuckle boxing or some shit. I think he'd be good at that. Fuck it. He's fucking up way too many fights. You know what I mean? And all of the fucking fights that he's fucking up 
are usually big fights. I'm fucking over. No, I'm not even over it. I'm not, I ain't going to be over it until he gets fucking let go. He's fucking horrible. But anyways, I'm going to stop before I fucking lose it. That fucking prick fucked up my goddamn parlay. <laughs> Again, this is not the first time he's fucked up a parlay. You know what I mean? It's fucking ridiculous. But uh, if Lad was laid out after that first punch, like a one-punch fucking KO type shit, sure, fine. But she wasn't. You know what I mean? She was on her ass, looking up. Rocked? Yes. Out? No. But you motherfucking motherfucker. Fuck me out of three and a half grand on that parlay, man. Mm-mm-mm. Off of a $25 bet. I would have won 3.5 grand if... Ugh, Jesus. <sighs> I mean, who's to say, you know what I mean, if Aspen got up and just got dropped all over again, then fuck it, but I mean, damn it, give the fighters a chance, man, fucking hate you, <laughs> the moment I realized that he was a goddamn ref, I fucking knew it, man, I fucking knew it, fucking Christ did I fucking know, <sighs> anyways, fuck Herb, congrats Jermaine, feel bad for lad, but it is what it is now, <laughs> but it is what it is, let's, uh, let's end this show before I go fucking nuts, um, <laughs> all, right, uh, all right, this is how we're going to end it. Quick shout out to everyone who joined me in that first live cast during the event on Saturday. Again, if you didn't hear the beginning of the show, my stupid ass forgot to save the, uh, uh, I forgot to set the uh, save the live show option on and the whole cast wasn't saved for me to post up the day after. But regardless, like I said, you live and you learn and it will not fucking happen again. But nonetheless, I had a great fucking time, and it went a lot better than I expected it to go, and I had a lot of fucking fun, um, you know, met new people, got some new subscribers, um, and I can't wait to do it again. Maybe this Saturday for the Dos Anjos versus Edwards fight, but, uh, you know, let's see what's up. Um, also, thank you to all who tuned in to this episode, which is episode 12, uh, the review of UFC, one, uh, UFC Fight Night 155, Durandamine versus Lad. Uh, episode 13 will either be a breakdown of um, a breakdown and preview of Dos Anjos versus Edwards or a preview and breakdown of Pacquiao versus Thurman. That is also happening this Saturday. Uh, shit. So this weekend is going to be a very big night of fights. Make sure you do not miss them because you are not going to want to miss this shit. Anyone who knows me knows Pacquiao is my favorite boxer of all time. But... Thurman, he's one of my favorites also, so this is going to be a hard one for me to watch, and it's definitely going to be a hard one for me to break down, but I'll see what I can do for y'all, um, alright, uh, oh shit, yeah, I forgot about this, <sighs> alright, I, uh, quick last thing I want to mention, now actually before, before I mention this, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, you know, hit the sign off with, this is Nabi Podcast, I am your host, Sani Nabi, and I will see you guys next time. But before I end it, quick last thing to say. I just got a notification from ESPN. Some pretty sad news in the world of combat sports. Boxing legend and longtime pound-for-pound king of his time, Pernell Whitaker, has passed away late last night, uh, Sunday, July 15th. Today is Monday, July 16th. He passed away last night, Sunday, July 15th, around 10 p.m. in uh, Virginia Beach, where he was struck by a car while crossing an intersection. 
He succumbed to his injuries at the scene and the ambulance was not able to resuscitate him. Purnell was 55. Very, very fucking sad news, man. I hate to end the show with this, but there's no possible way. Damn, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> oh, man, there's no possible way that I was not going to, you know, show some type of love and support to Purnell and his family at, uh, you know, at this time when they when they need it the most. Uh, man. All right. Uh, yeah, we're going to end the show with that. But real quick, I'm going to stop the beat and uh, we're going to end the show with a quick uh, 10 second moment of silence for Purnell. <sighs> Please and thank you guys. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Also, rest, rest easy, Purnell Whitaker. All right. I'm going to do a quick 10 second moment of silence and uh, I'll see you guys next time. Rest in peace, Purnell, Sweet P, Whitaker. Rest easy, man. Thank you for entertaining us.